Daryl, let's hear from you. My heart's still up from the, from the last thing. I'm going to take this up, but I'm going to try not to, try not to use it. My foot is better from the, from the um, what was it, the coral, but then I went to the gym with Christina and Nick on, what day was it? And we did this lunge thing, and it's just like, how many people have done lunges? How many people want to try some right now? Everyone, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. So, and it's just, it's just, it's just sore. Christina's not sore. I said to Nick, are you sore this morning? He goes, no, nah, not at all. Christina's not sore. I am sore. But that's all good. Now, how many people are feeling in a good, how many people feel like they're in a good mood? I'll just perch on the edge. Um, if everyone's happy. How many people were here last week? Okay, awesome. Great. So you came back from part two? Do you think I should do it then? Okay, all right. Okay, cool. Um, I just want to say something really quickly. Um, I was just down there, um, uh, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I've been speaking to people. I felt him say, I'm going to do it in kind of my words and his words at the same time. I felt him say or impress on me that he's been speaking to people about different adjustments to make for this year in order to fine-tune their world. How many people has he been speaking to about that? I literally, um, I spoke a message just towards the end of last year, and it was called Deal With Your Stuff or something along those lines. Marissa, what was the title? get your crap together or something like, sorry, sorry, it's okay, we're in church, but it's all right, um, and yeah, and so, so I did this message, and um, yeah, and it was about that, and God has been speaking to me continually about that, and saying that there is, really is a time right now, a grace period, not that we won't, don't do a heart journey for our whole world, I don't know, you know, different parts of that to different depths, different levels uh, in each time and each season, but there is such a grace right now to really kind of make any kind of adjustments, I'm not talking about self-effort here, I'm not talking about making a decision like, a, a, what do you call it when you cross over New Year, New Year's resolution. I'm talking about partnering with God to make adjustments to actually fine-tune your world. How many of you know, people talk about, yes, it's God, it, things in God are such a broad place. No, it's narrow path unto broad place. And sometimes you need to take the narrow path before you can get into the broad place. How many of you know that's, okay, all right. So a lot of people are like, I want to be in ministry. I want to do this. Have you taken the narrow path? No, what are you talking about? It's a broad space. Really? Okay. Well, wait until you go into the school of the Lord's equipping for ministry, and you'll find out that it's not actually that broad initially. So is everyone okay? All right, awesome. Okay. So I'm going to, um, I'll carry on a little bit about uh, from last week. Um, I was, if you were here last week, a lot of you guys were, I talked about, I started out by talking about something the Lord had been speaking to me about with regards to the eyes of the saints growing dull. How many people remember that? And I said that the um, song when I'm just like so dying, I'm, I'm dilated still, so I'm trying to, I find it difficult to find words. Um, the song that was, when I was born, the number one song was Bright Eyes by Simon and Garfunkel, and it goes, bright eyes, I did it, shining like fire, and then it talks about how can bright eyes go so pale, or grow pale and dull, and the, so the Lord has been speaking to me specifically about an assignment that has been over the church specifically to try to make the eyes of the saints dull. How many of you know that if you can't see, you can't bring it into manifestation and you don't know where you're going? How many people have ever gone to the bathroom at night in a place where there were no lights on? How many people ever went to somebody else's house, stayed the night in someone's house and there were no lights on? How many? Come on, we all went there, right? we've all been there. And you're trying to fumble your way, you stand on a cat, you know, all this different stuff. You fumble your way. Why can't you find the way to the bathroom? It's a good example, because you can't see. And I know this sounds really basic, layman's terms, but there is an assignment over the earth 
not just over the church, over the earth, to try to make people not see what's really going on. People talk, we talk, gaslighting is something that's come up so much now. Gaslighting is a form of distraction or a form of manipulation to, to stop people from being able to see and understand what's really going on. That's just one example. How many of you know that it says the God of this world, small g, blinds the eyes of the saints, of the, of the saints, of the, of the world, in order that they would not be able to see the light of the gospel. And so what we've got is we've got this whole thing about blindness and about being having a need having a need to um, see clearly, see sharply, and this is just so, so important. I'm going to uh, read to you something that is not a Christian statistic. Everyone say not Christian. Okay, good, just so you guys are all right with that. I'll put in some uh, scriptures too, so you'll be fine. It says, it says this, and you might have read this already, but it says 1% control the world, 4% are puppets, 90% are asleep, 5% know what's going on and are trying to wake up the 90%. The 1% don't want the 5% waking up the 90%. A really big deal. I think you can apply that spiritually very, very well. Do you want me to read it again? Or you're all okay? You all got it in there? Who wants me to read it again? Okay, cool. All right. 1% control the world. 4% are puppets. <laughs> Belinda... That was a good part. Can you stand up and show everyone what you just did? All right, cool. It was a puppet example. Um, 4% uh, are puppets. 90% are asleep. 5% know what's going on and are trying to wake up the 90%. The 1% don't want the 5% waking up the 90%. It's a really, really big deal. I feel like that's so fitting, actually, for the church as well in this hour. How many of you know that there is a lot of the church, even, that's asleep? A lot of the church that hasn't been able to see clearly and will actually fight to those people who are trying to wake them up. I had a vision of people in Field of Dreams and each one had a big lump in their pocket. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. What are these lumps in the pocket? And they, I just saw this plastic thing in people's um, pockets. I said, what is it? And then people were rummaging around in their pocket and they pulled out these big plastic alarm clocks. And I said, what are these for? And he said, they're for them to take and wake people up. You know, this is so, so interesting. This is something that happens, that we are being called to wake people up. We've been called to awaken people in this season. And the way that we do it is we, we give people information, we pray for them, but we actually, as like the sons of Ishika, we recognize the seasons and times, we do what we need to do, and we help people to wake up out of their slumber. How many of you know that this is really, this is really, really true? And so, so what's really interesting then is that each of us, I believe, has been given an, an alarm clock. It's been given an alarm clock. And there are people in your world that God is asking you to help wake up. There really are. Now, I'm not saying that you need to hammer them with the truth because how many people like being hammered with the truth? No one. But you know that there are sometimes there is these little windows where you can go, hey, you know what? You know, I mean, we've got a, this isn't being recorded. Is this being recorded today? It is. Okay. Well, okay. Story one, six, and nine are done. Okay. But we have, we have very close friends, and this is not, I don't want to talk about um, the vaccination because I know we are very free choice here, pro cho free choice, do what you want to do uh, with regards to that. But we have people in our world that got seriously sick after they took vaccination, so much so young people that got really uh, quite severe heart problems and had to do loads of stuff. And, and the reality is that we wanted to, and so I'm not speaking, I'm just, I'm giving you an overview of something, that there is something where 
we, when things happen in the world, you know that we are allowed sometimes, or we should be allowed, to actually talk to people about bigger pictures and about what's actually happening. How many of you know that that's true? And what it does is it actually works as an indicator and a signpost to spiritual dynamics that are going on in the world. This is really, really important. So what happens is some things go on and you go, wow, this is really unusual. And we, as the body of Christ, carry levels of understanding for people that help illuminate the path ahead. Illumination. It says of Daniel in chapter 5, verse 11, it says that he was called to the king by the queen specifically because light, illumination, and understanding was in him. Actually, places of revealing, places of revelation, places where he was able to say, this is actually what's going on. This is, this is what you're experiencing, but this is actually what's going on. A really good example of that is when you read in the Bible and, you know, in the, in, in, in the world too, in, you know, the Christian world, when somebody interprets a dream for you. So you have a dream. The dream has a level of mystery. It's not yet revealed to you. But as you can see with Joseph and he says, and with, and with um, Daniel specifically in Daniel chapter 5, there is something that hand writes something on the wall. And Daniel, because light illumination and understanding is in Daniel, he's able to interpret. He's able to say, hey, you know, this is going on. Let me tell you what the inscription reads. Let me tell you what's really going on. Let me, so there is opportunity then for people that carry light, revelation, and understanding. There is opportunity for us to help impart what we know to others in order that they would be awakened and be able to see what's really going on. How many of you know this is true? It's a really, it's a really big deal. And so I'm going to just put up, um, uh, we'll start with the Matthew scripture, please. So if you can put up Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. Let's read this together. It says this, For the heart of this people has become dull, and their ears scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes, otherwise they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. You know, this is a really, really big deal. This is talking about parables and talking coming after the parable of the sower. But what's really interesting in that is that Jesus identifies that without eyes to see and ears to hear, there is a lack of understanding. It says the same thing in the book of Isaiah. Actually, references Isaiah here in a minute. I won't go into that now, just for time's sake. But we know that it says that the hearts of the people have become dull. And it's literally, people get dull when they can't see properly. And how many of you want to live in a place where everything is dull? How many people want to live in a place where you can see vividly what's really going on? But how many of you know that sometimes things are covered because they're actually really, really bad and they don't want anyone, to, the devil doesn't want people to stop things. So you're starting to see things being uncovered now. If, you're, if you watch reels or social media, you're starting to see Balenciaga and all these different things are being revealed now. Child trafficking, which is major thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of children going missing every year, completely covered, not, you know, it's not, on the, not in the media, they don't talk about any of that. Why? There is a level of conspiracy that's completely true that covers things up in order that it can maintain uh, levels of momentum in darkness. How many of you know that we're called to stop momentum in darkness? And that is part of our original design, and that's part of who we are as the body of Christ, and I'm excited to be able to do that with you guys. So, in saying that, um, I talked about looking for the honey last week, and I talked about revelation. I talked about partaking of honey and knowing that in every season, even when there's a season of hardship, there is always honey available. There is always an empowerment. There's always a strengthening available from you in God to be able to fulfill uh, what God has got for you to do. So if you can put up the next scripture for me, uh, put up the, 
Um, Hebrews chapter 5 for me. We're going to read that together. Can you pass my water? I forgot to bring it up. Is everyone doing okay? Is this a bit intense? No, I think everyone's fine. And so, so it says this, and this is talking about, um, this is called, talking about the priest of Melchizedek, specifically the priesthood. And it says this, having made, been made perfect, I'm a king of glory here, just in case I want to break out in song. Uh, it says, and let's read it together. And it says, having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Powerful. Being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of who's it, who are they, who's it talking about? The writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus. Okay, keep going. Verse 11, concerning him we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. <laughs> Wait, just keep, put that, pause it there. You see, there's revelation to the Hebrews that they, there's revelation of Melchizedek. There is revelation, there is a revealing of who Christ is and who they are in him and the priesthood. But actually it says that because they are dull of hearing, it's actually hard for the writer of Hebrews to explain it, since you have become dull of hearing. We've got so much to talk to you about. You know, we have so much revelation to talk to people about. But because they have become, gosh, it's a bit strong now, but here's what it is. Because they have become dull of hearing, it's hard for us to communicate that because people don't want to hear stuff, number one. But number two, it's too, too hard. How, how many people have ever talked to someone and they've triggered when you've had a conversation? We're going to use some field of dreams term. Triggering is a good one. Who's ever had a conversation with someone and they trigger while you're talking to them? And they trigger so hard, you, can't, they, you lose them. And then they change the subject completely and you don't talk to them anymore. How many, of you have, how many people have ever been there? You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak really real today. I hope everyone's okay with this. That sometimes is actually just the demonic stronghold that has been set up against, wanting, against them receiving any revelation and getting free. So you have a conversation with them, and the trigger effect, a lot, some of the time, is actually set up by the demonic in order that that person wouldn't get free. It's a really big deal. Now, I'm not going to go too much more into that particular thing because I just want to, I just want to go into this. So it says this, and it... And it is, thanks my glasses, and it is to explain, hard to explain, since you've become dull of hearing. Next passage, we're going to go down to verse 14. And it says this, For though by this time, it's talking to the believers, you ought to be teachers. You have again need someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. This is such an indictment. This is so crazy, but in a good way. For everyone who partakes only of milk, a lot of the church, is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. And this is, again, talking about within the context of uh, the priesthood of, of Melchizedek and how we fit into that uh, with, primarily with an emphasis on Christ. And it says, but solid food is for the mature. Everyone say solid food. Who, because of their practice, because of their because of their practice, have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. Let me tell you this right now. When we get dull of seeing and dull of hearing, we are unable to discern good from evil. That's when we start to hear things, and we can't smell the poo in the nappy, but what happens is we start to see things, as Todd would say. We start to hear things, and we're like, that sounds plausible. That sounds all right. And in, what starts to happen is that we are unable to discern, decipher, weigh up what's good and what's bad. How many of you know that some very bad political decisions were made over the last three years? 
How many of you know that some of those decisions were actually demonic in origin? How many of you know that the the church, and we did as much as we could, a lot of the church were happy to adhere to those decisions, not recognizing that they were of a demonic origin, but instead believing that they were good because their senses hadn't been exercised and they had become dull of hearing. How many of you know that's true? Is this okay? Bit of a strong rebuke, but it is what it is. Okay. So, so so this being the case, there were churches, and I'm going to speak this out because I think it's really important. There were churches over the last three years that had vaccinated and unvaccinated sections in their church, that created massive divides in their church. Churches that we all know, and when you came in, you were asked your vaccination status, true story, and you had to go into a separate quarantined area in the church with a mask to stand there. True story. How disgusting is that? That, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. That is disgusting. That is a demonic force creating division in the church and us and them thing which was designed to separate society, designed to create division, designed to separate families and cause hatred in families because people couldn't even go and spend Christmas somewhere because they were going to affect everybody because they hadn't taken what they were supposed to take. When in actual fact, lo and behold, later on, it finds out that it doesn't even affect transmission. This isn't all about, I'm just talking, I want to talk about an overview of something. This is not focusing on something of vaccination today. Does that make sense? I just want to talk about an overview of spiritual dynamics and realities. You see, for a church leader to be able to adhere to that and say this is a good thing shows that there is a dulling of senses, shows that there is a dulling of hearing because God would never, ever, ever give that directive. Never. Don't ever say that he would. Gosh, a bit strong. He would never, I never speak this strong. He would never, ever do that. Our God is not that God and he will never work according to a lie. How many of you know that's true? You will hear the Lord speaking freedom. You will, now, free choice. I'm not, I'm not you know, we're not being, not being weird. You know, there are people here, even right now, and that there has been, over the years, you found yourself watching too much news. How many people watch too much news over the last little while? No, I, come on. Does no one watch news here at all? I feel like the ultimate sinner now. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It, is, it is rubbish. It's total rubbish. Do you know why I watch the news? Because I want to know how to pray. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I want to, but what's really interesting, it's very... Gosh, there's good disciples here. Of, uh, <laughs> we don't watch the news. No, no but what's, what's really interesting is that over the years, the news and social media dulls the brains of the people. Why? Because it's actually, a lot of it is filtered, a lot of it, apart from cat videos, is filtered specifically <laughs> through demonic agenda and narrative. And that demonic agenda and narrative is designed to dull the senses of the saints designed to dull our hearing and to dull the ability for us to be able to see. Now, the worst part about this is, and this is the negative part, and then we'll move into the positive. Um, The worst part, because we're a solution-based company, how many of you know that? Uh, The worst part about that is um, that, what was I saying? I completely lost my train of thought. Worst part, okay, the worst part is, can we put on Matthew chapter 6? Now, I spoke about this last week. Matthew chapter 6. It says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. 
So then let's read it together. So then if your eye is clear, your... Next one, 23. But if your eye is... Body is full of darkness. And then if the light in you is... Then... Who are the, and I spoke about this a tiny bit, but I want to drill down on this for a second. Who are the eyes of the body? We are. The prophetic. The, the church is designed to be a prophetic church. How many of you know that's true? The seers or the eyes represent the prophets. How many of you know that if the prophets can't see, the body goes dark? You see, there has been a massive assignment over the body, over the prophets, to dull the senses and dull the eyesight of, this, of, the, of the prophets in order to literally dull the whole body in order that the body wouldn't be full of light and know where it's going. You know, there is something even right now in here where God wants to take off any dullness in here of people. Who, who feels like they, they've had a clamp on their head over the last little while? I just felt that so strongly, just literally in the spirit. Stand, on, stand to your feet if you feel like you just want to have something broken over your world with regards to dullness. Just for a second, then I'm going to go back into something. Just because just it's here right now. And just, just put your hands up. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, even though none, none of these people watch any news, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray a breaking off in the realm of the Spirit of any dullness affecting the ears or dullness affecting the eyes in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we rebuke a deaf and dumb spirit, a spirit of spiritual blindness or anything that has tried to circumvent the saints' ability to hear and see clearly as to where they're going and as to what you are doing in the name of Jesus. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we break that in the name of Jesus in the realm of the Spirit over any person that wants to receive it, and we declare that it is a new day of illumination right now over people in order that they be able to see and hear clearly about what you're doing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can grab a seat. Awesome. Okay. You see, when, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick, when we lose our ability to be able to see, we cast off restraint, and we start to get, develop sometimes a sick heart. We start to develop a sick heart. Sick heart. Can you put up Psalm 119 for me? Uh, Psalm 119, sorry. What does this say? Let's read this together. My eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? You see, last week I talked specifically about not engaging with the honey. You see, when you get dull of sight or dull of hearing, your eyes start to fail seeing the pro looking for the promise of God. But let me tell you this right now. I say, when will you come to me? Where is God? But actually, God is all around. God is there. But what's happened is that we lose our ability, we lose our discernment, and we lose a, 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 as I just said, an ability to be able to discern exactly where God is and exactly what he's doing. This is David specifically talking about the promise of Christ or the new covenant or, or all of those things. But what's really interesting about that is how many people have ever felt that your eyes are failing looking for the promise of God? Well, let me tell you this right now. A lot of the church, their eyes are failing looking for the promise of God. And that's why they keep talking about the flipping promise of God the whole time. Get ready. Your breakthrough is just around the corner. Get ready for promise. Why? Because the eyes have failed looking for the promise. But God is saying, is everyone okay? But God is saying it's time right now to awaken the saints to see what he is doing. How many of you know it says in, the, in Psalm 121, he who watches over Israel will ne neither sleep nor slumber. That's a word for you. And his numbers. Will neither sleep nor slumber. How many of you know that's true? 
You see, he who watches over you, does, he's always working. Everyone say, God's always working. And you see, he's always working on your behalf. And no matter what is going on in your world, God hasn't forgotten about the promises, but we don't need to constantly remind ourselves about the promise is coming, the promise is coming, the promise is coming, the promise is coming. That's not a good word. A good word is God is doing this in my world. This is how I partner with him to see the promise manifest. That is a reality. That's inclining your ear to the now word of the Lord and actually allowing him to form and shape you in order that you can become who you need to become to hold the promise. How many of you know that's true? I could prophesy over everyone here, your promise is coming. But it is it? Or does it require partnership? I know many people that have gone to the grave with lots of prophetic promises. Many, many people that didn't have their promises fulfilled. You can't say that. Yes, I can. Many people that had prophetic words that weren't fulfilled. What's the deal? Your promise is coming. Is it? Or is there a partnership that God wants to come, us to come into? Does that make sense? So I'm not trying to scare anyone here and I'm not saying, your promise is never going to come. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying like that, but we've got to be deeper. We've got to be more mature. We've got to look for the word of the Lord. We've got to look for the illumination of the path that says, your word, O Lord, is a, la- a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need to look for the lamp unto our feet. We need the prophetic that guides the way. We need the light unto our path. We need the word of the Lord that says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go there. You're going to do this. This is the promise. We need those things, but we can't live on those things. We need to seek the daily word. We need to seek the rhema word. We need to seek the man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And that is what the enemy has desperately tried to take the church away from over this period and always, and always, but primarily over this period, he's tried to stop the church from seeing and hearing the now word, receiving the now bread, receiving the honey. He's tried to stop the church from partaking of the bread and the honey. He's saying, I don't want you illuminated. I don't want you strengthened. I don't want you encouraged. Because if you are, you will start to see the path ahead. You will know where you were going and you will know what to do, just like the sons of Ishakar. I don't want you to ever carry the spirit of Ishakar. Because if you carry the spirit of Ishakar, who were men of war, you will know what Israel should do. Remember many years ago, I went on a prophetic call with a prophetic company of people. A bunch, of, a bunch of wonderful people, I'm sure. Um, and there were a lot of prophets there. And I reckon that they reckon that there were most of the prophets in Australia and other places on this call. And they asked me, what do you think is happening? What season and time do you think that we're in? And I said, I believe wholeheartedly that we are in a time of war, that a communist agenda is coming in and is specifically designed to infiltrate the church, to shut down the church and that we need to literally declare the time of war and train the saints up to contend and push back against an incredible advance of the enemy. That's what I said. You know what they said? Don't receive that. Too combative. Too much. Oh, ooh. I'm feeling no joke. Oh, wow, Daryl, that was a bit much. He kind of spilled my latte while he was saying that. <laughs> he said, we're either going to say this, and people do, and Todd's very free, but we're either going to take on the mandate of the spiritual freedom fighters that we are, or we're not. And I certainly am. And the reality is that if I do that, and someone says, oh, it's a bit combative, bit, oh, a bit much, Whoa. oh, hold on a second. 
Wow, anyone else agree with that? But it was completely true. And the bottom line was that it didn't fit within something, but it doesn't mean that that wasn't the word of the Lord, that that wasn't the lamp unto the feet, that it wasn't the honey that was bringing illumination, that it wasn't the alarm clock that could have been stuffed into the pockets of every single prophetic. And I'm not hurt, by the way, I'm okay. I've been through many, many times of crying about that. I'm fine. But what I'm saying is that it wasn't the alarm clock that was to be pushed into the bedroom of every person there. And I'm not saying in any way, but what I'm saying is this, that when leaders, prophetic leaders or leaders, can't read the season and the time, how can they equip Israel in what they should do? The answer is they can't. They can't. How can, it's impossible. How can I wake you up if I'm asleep? Okay, Belinda's like, wake me up at six. Why didn't you wake me up? My alarm didn't go off. Well, what does that mean? I was still asleep. You see, <laughs> there are many words released, and we get, I get up very early, so we're all good. There are many words being released about a remnant rising, about a divergent company in the church coming forth that don't look normal. They look very odd. Some of them are only saved a, a matter of months. Some of them have been saved a long time. Some of, them have been, some of them are generals of the faith, but they don't quite fit, and they're this remnant rising. And I'm starting to see prophetic words being released that are coming against the remnant, saying it's not about a remnant rising. It's about the whole body coming together and working, everyone working together in order to fulfill what we need to do. That's the ideal. That's not the now word of the Lord. Why? Because there are so many people that are asleep. You see, the bottom line is you can't equip someone for war if they're still in their pajamas. And God says it's a season and has been for the last three years to get dressed for work. And a lot of the body isn't dressed for work. And oh gosh, I feel, is this a bit strong? Am I okay? All right. A lot of the body isn't dressed for work. We're not. But I'm excited because I know that there is a remnant and it might be a remnant of 10 million people on the earth. Don't think it's a remnant of 200 people. That's ridiculous. It's not. It might be a remnant of, of 10 million people on the earth or 20 million people out of 7 billion. It might be 30 million people out of 7 billion. I don't know how many it is, but whatever it is, biblically, it's... I'm not going to go into all this stuff right now, but biblically, a remnant is a complete biblical reality in the end times. So when we look at the full counsel of Scripture, we understand, and we understand that there is always an invitation. There is, an always, there is always an invitation. And God is saying, are you ready? Are you ready to stand in a place of boldness and administrate the light that you have been given, giving illumination and wisdom and revelation to people, when, to people in order to help them wake up and know what time it is? You see, the bottom line is that a lot of people just don't know what time it is. And it's time for us to tell them the time. Does that make sense? And, 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 and so in a season that we're in right now, don't ever pull back. Don't Be wise. Be wise, but never be fearful. Never retreat. Never shrink back. Never throw away your confidence in Hebrews 10.35. Don't throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. Stand for your core values. 
I'm not saying go on Facebook tonight. I'm going to, that's not, that's not. It says where words are many, sin is present. So it's not about that. Does that make sense? But it is about actually being in a place where we can administrate what we've been called to administrate, seeking the deep things of God, allowing God to bring levels of revelation, and then we start to occupy places. And it says, well, kings will come to your light. Well, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. This is the brightness of the rising of the saints. This is the brightness of the rising of the church, the ecclesia who carry light, who come up into a place, and the nations come to the light. The nations don't come to a dull worshipping church. Worshipping, as in, I don't want to say it like that, but a a, a church that's dull of hearing. Why? Because there's no light. There's programs. They come to light. They come to individuals. They come to small bodies. They come to places where there is a real evident light through the works that they know what season and time it is and they know what God is telling them to do. Because let me tell you this, many, many, many non-believers will be coming into churches. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. We're going to get them all saved. Many, many, many non-believers are going to be coming into church. Yeah, yeah, I'll be leading them in the... Many non-believers will be coming in and you'll go over to go and tell them, Oh, quick, quick, sinner's prayer. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I've got it on here. We've got the circles. Wait, hold on. We've got the circle here. We've got the circle. We've got the pen. You ready? This non-believer here is ready. Here we go. And God goes, no. Just let them sit. Let them sit and hear and receive light. I'm not saying we don't, don't hear what I'm not saying right now. I'm not saying that we don't empower evangelism, preach the gospel and do what we need to. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, we've done crusades, like we're, we're really into that. But let me tell you this right now. There are many non-believers that are seeking light and they will understand that the true light is Jesus Christ. And it won't take the many services. It won't take the many services at the back here. It won't. For them to realize that they are sitting in the truth. Because let me tell you this right now. You go, yeah, there are people in the world that are truth seekers. Everyone in the world internally somewhere is a truth seeker. And let me tell you, we're carrying the truth and we're carrying the light. Is that good? So good. Awesome. Okay. How many people... um, Hospitality is a really big deal. And people... Remember people who are hospitable. And um, sometimes you go somewhere and who you are by way of service impacts someone so much that it blows 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 their mind and they never, ever forget. And let me tell you this right now, that there is a revelation right now. People have been talking about this revival and kindness would mark I don't even know if it's revival, awakening, whatever. But kindness would mark the revival, the outpouring. Kindness would mark it. Kindness, the kindness of God drawing men unto repentance. And, and you know that there, as a church, this church is opened multiple times for meetings of people that are hurting, non-Christians. Some of them might be Christians. Some of them. How many of you know that's the kindness of God how many of you know, and not just because we opened the church for someone, but let me tell you this right now, we are called to serve a lost and broken and hurting world. And we're called to do it through realms and levels of hospitality. 
And that could look like anything in your world. It doesn't need, mean that you need to have someone over to your house. There are some people who are really, really gifted in having people over. And, you know, they're, 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 but that might not be your jam. You might be a single person living in a flat that's not a very big, what are you going to do? The dog's there. He's got one chair. You've got the other. But, <laughs> but, but there is an administration of kindness that you can outwork through your world according to where you are and who you're, who, whose world you're in. And let me tell you this right now, that is going to mark so much because the world is unkind and becoming increasingly more unkind. There are different policies coming through Parliament at the moment that look like they're being kind, but they're actually not. They're Trojan horses. They're demonic, and they're actually designed to shut people down. You see, true kindness, the true light, the true kindness of God, as it were. How many people have ever met have ever had an experience where the kindness of God invaded your world? You're like, oh my goodness, it was so overwhelming. But there, there are going to be so many instances where that becomes, I believe, a primary evangelism tool for so, so many. It will be the kindness of God that we end up administering as a, as a result of um, what we do. I've got, I've got other stuff, but I just feel, I feel to land. I've got other stuff. I just feel like there was, there's, there's a lot there. I don't know when I'm up next. Have you seen the... Maybe I'm up in a couple, uh, maybe in a few weeks I'll, I'll, I'll bring the, the rest of what I had. But can everyone just stand to your feet, please? Can we get the, I actually just feel to land there. I just feel like that was, that was the right package. And can I just get, um, yeah, oh, great. And do you want, guys want to, well, I'm going to pray for you first, then you can grab your communion uh, afterwards, after we just do a prayer. But right now I just declare over this place a time of awakening. And we just declare over Australia, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, that it is a time of awakening. And what's so interesting is that there were all of these prophetic words released over this great Southland of the Holy Spirit, that there would be a third great awakening on the earth and the great awakening would start in Australia. I think Smith Wigglesworth and numbers of others prophesied this third great awakening. But I felt the Lord layer it for me when I was thinking about it. And I felt him say, what is the great awakening? And I felt like it was a mixture that, yes, people were being awakened to the light of the gospel, but there was actually a doorway that they were coming through, which was the light of revelation and understanding of what was truly going on on the earth as the darkness was increasing. And I feel like the Lord is saying that there is a, there is a veil being lifted off darkness in this season. There is an exposure coming on the earth where darkness is being exposed by light. And it says, deep darkness covers the earth, but the glory has risen upon you. You know, part of the church's mission and mandate on the earth is to illuminate, is to bring light, is to reveal, is to bring illumination to those things that are in darkness, those things that are covered, those things which are deceptive and are designed to manipulate. Part of the church's calling is to bring light to those dark things. And the Lord says that I am releasing my light bearers in this season to bring illumination, revelation and understanding onto the earth. And I believe that because the sun rises in the east and Australia is the best best nation on earth, I believe that there is going to be a forerunning of this movement of revelation and light and understanding coming from New Zealand and Australia. That there is going to be this there is going to be this forerunning reality where the light beams from 
the islands. The light beams from New Zealand. The light beams from Australia and touches the nations. And as the light touches the nations, there is an unveiling of the enemy's plans. There is an unveiling of the enemy's schemes. There is an awakening of people to see clearly what is really going on both in the church and outside the church. So I prophesy right now that there will be individuals that will be called into the marketplace, as it were, to release the truth of what's really going on. That people will go onto social media, just like some of the social media giants that you see and that you watch reels of, there will be people risen up, sometimes unknown people from within the church carrying light and God will breathe on their platform in order that more people would hear see and know what's really happening that they would know literally like the spirit of Ishika the seasons and time under heaven and what Israel should do but that will transfer is as to how they can well I just saw this right now wow Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the salvation of Andrew Tate in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now for major influences getting saved in this next season in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for those who are being risen up and put into those platforms, but those who are already there with millions and millions and millions of influences. And right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for encounter. We thank you, God, for the light of the gospel. We thank you, God, for these believe, these non-believers, these pre-believers starting to become believers in this time. Father, we thank you for transformational change. And we thank you, God, for those who are seeking truth. We thank you, God, that as they seek truth, they will find you. As they seek light, they will find you. Because all light and truth exists, exists in you. Because you are the way, the truth and the life. We give you glory, honour and praise, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So good. You guys grab your communion. We're just going to do a communion. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just acknowledge that it's because of what Jesus did on the cross that we can come to you. It's because of the broken body and the blood that we can come to you. And so right now we give you glory and honour and praise. And we thank you right now that you are truth. So as we take communion today, Holy Spirit, would you go to any part of our internal world that is not founded on truth, that is instead founded on a grain of sand, just like a sandcastle. And we thank you right now that where a piece of truth hasn't contained the fullness of truth, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate those places in our heart in order that we would become steadfast and built up in the truth of Christ and Christ alone. In Jesus' name, feel free to take your communion. one more thing then we're literally going to land but if anyone's been struggling with fear 
connected, connected to this coming year and all this stuff, can you just stand to your feet if you've been struggling with fear of spirit of foreboding? I know that there's a lot of people here, or a few people here. But I just want to pray about that. Father, right now, this is to, for the year ahead. Thank you for being so open and honest. No one's looking around. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of foreboding right now in the name of Jesus. Wow. Just put your hands out. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that it says in your word that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I just declare right now, we declare over each of these people standing that they have not been given the spirit of anxiety, timidity, or fear, but instead a spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, of power, love, and a sound mind. And so right now in the name of Jesus, we just declare for the year ahead that 2023 might be, have some ups and downs, but it will be a good year in Jesus' name. We just declare for these people standing, because this is the thing that we'll get over, it will be a good year. And let me tell you this, a good, good, you might go, well, what does good mean? It means this, that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And He says that He always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ, which means that every year, regardless of what the year looks like, we always come out even if we don't feel it, stronger, bigger and better than when we went in. Because God is a God of all victory. And so we just declare that God, for everyone in here now, we declare the God of victory, the reality of Christ the victor in every person's life and every person's heart in this place for 2023. From January through to December, right now in the Name of Jesus, we thank You that You would give us eyes of victory. And so, Father, we choose to partake of a revelation of Your goodness, kindness, and steadfast commitment to seeing us come into everything that You've called us to. In the Name of Jesus, and everybody said last time, Amen. Bless you guys, bless you. Let's give the Lord just one last shout. Come on. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that's it. We are done. I hope you guys enjoyed today. I'll uh, probably uh, come and fill out just those last bits that I had on that word another time. But, but I hope you guys enjoyed that today. You guys are amazing. It's going to be, a, I'm not just gonna, it's going to be a great year. I really believe it is going to be an incredibly victorious year. It's going to be a good year. There's going to be so many uh, things that we get to partake of this year. So, so good.